0: neck of this and took all the finish off. So there's chunks of the neck that have finish, chunks of it that don't. So you want to have it like perfectly where the finish is, where the, the dirt is and,
1: and all Why that would stuff. Eddie, uh, take, the, I'm curious, why would Eddie take the finish off of certain places? Is that to get a certain sound?
0: Yeah. He liked the feel of like a raw wood neck and unfinished neck. So the guys at Kramer that built this guitar for Eddie in 1982, they gave it to him finished. So he just took a razor blade and started chopping and you know, you could see the parts where he just kind of got bored of, or he just missed a few chunks of it, and the rest has all this just natural dirt from his fingers in it.
2: Hmm.
1: He uh, Steve is also building a a Valerie Bertinelli replica. He's going to have sex with it. He's, he's taking over Eddie's whole life. And 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 uh, oh, you say so? Wolfie is going to take over the whole uh, Eddie Van Halen um, building of the guitars and all that that company. Yeah, it's
0: Wolfgang and uh, this guy Matt Bruck, who's Eddie's longtime guitar tech. So they're going to be running the company. And it's it, it was one of the things that was like one of the first comforting pieces of news after all the awful you know news about Eddie passing was. I was like, oh, this is the legacy is going to continue. And Wolfgang is just somebody who's he's so talented and he has such a deep talent and respect and knowledge of of all of Eddie's work and the music and the gear. So. You know, I'm. I'm just really happy that uh, Wolfgang's gonna be taking over that.
1: And 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 uh, what, you built the exact power drill that Eddie Van Halen used when he he used to play the guitar with a power drill, but this yeah, is this the is exact a, power drill.
0: It's a Makita sixty twelve. It's from the late '80s. It was one of the first uh, cordless power drills. So then you plug it in, at the beginning of the song Pound Cake. Eddie goes yeah. like this.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Look at you wailing away (laughs) on that thing.
0: Yeah, it's my whole weekend was Eddie Van Halen. It was this guitar, this drill, and just listening to his music nonstop. I thought you had a girlfriend i do <laughs> yeah, where is
1: that girlfriend she left three months ago he, building a drill. he didn't
2: even notice
1: <laughs> yeah you call him wolfgang but is wolfie his, pre- his preference or do you know what he i think likes?
0: wolfie i think wolfie's the the preference i'm, I'm not totally sure i guess today we'll kind of figure it out i always confuse him with our wolfie though so i've, I've just been calling him wolfgang i bet when you heard
1: that where were you when you heard the news that eddie van halen had died?
0: Uh, right, right here at my desk. Yeah, and I was very glad we were working from home because it would it would have been a very embarrassing uh, day had I had I heard about that in the office.
1: Why did you did you break down?
0: Yeah, completely for for a few days after that. It was you know it's tough. Like Eddie means so much to me beyond the uh, the guitars and the music and everything. The, the guy's just such an inspiration in terms of. His whole creative attitude and his approach to things creatively. I've learned so much from him that it really, it really felt, uh, you know, rough to, to know that we lost him.
1: Would you say you learned from him? How to, like, um, you, you, like, how do you learn to play with a power drill? How do you do that? Do you watch him on video or something?
0: Yeah, that you could just see, uh, on the, the, uh, 91 tour, the 95 tour. And, in the music video to pound cake you see him doing the the thing right there and it just you know the motor goes in through uh through the pickup
1: to you do you want to play uh, van halen with fred and uh, i mean bobo's idea was to have you play on uh, howard 101 i don't know what the hell he's talking about i'm not the fans
3: would love it howard
1: yeah, the i fans would love it, it.
0: I appreciate it. It's a terrible idea, but I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> Why don't you play a little bit of? Um, let's see how good you are. I'm thinking, what was the what was the instrumental that um, Eddie wrote um, for Wolfie It was Wolfie well, No oh.
0: three one six, right? Yeah, three sixteen. This one, yeah. An end.
1: he goes like this. <laughs> <laughs> Good to you. Yeah, March 16th is Wolfie's birthday, and uh, Eddie wrote that for him. Yeah. Yeah. Play the beginning of Hot for Teacher.
3: To be
2: authentic,
1: Howard. <laughs> Jesus, what are, you, what are you wasting your time here for? You got talent. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing working for me, Robbie? <laughs> but Paul.
2: he plays like something. Eddie Van Halen.
1: Yeah. Well, that's pretty good.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: You ever write a, a song of your own? I mean, uh, now that you be now that you're able to play all of Eddie Van Halen, I would think that would morph into something maybe that you could do on your your
2: own, own style. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I've written some stuff. There's, you know,
0: stuff I've produced for the show, music-wise. And right. my, my main focus is the work for the Howard Stern Show. Like, this is being in the coolest band of all time, is being a member of the Howard Stern Show. So there's, you know, I'm not going to spend time focusing on
1: trying to Let me to hear something you wrote. Something. Let me hear an instrumental that you did.
0: was the I, I almost forgot
2: how to play it.
1: Go back to Eddie Van Halen
2: Right, he knows all of Eddie. He doesn't know his own songs. See? I forgot. That's Eddie's a song to go
3: take a piss to. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> Time to go uh, get something to drink.
3: Uh, I'm yeah. going to go get some more beers. <laughs> what, um,
1: do, do, do you fuck the hardest on the show? I was, uh, some guy called in earlier in the morning and said, um, uh, you know, about fucking hard. He was concerned who fucks the hardest. I know it isn't truly. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I think she has a bad back. Um, yeah, I got you back. I can't go too <laughs> hard too
2: fast.
1: <laughs> I, I haven't seen anyone else in action, I guess. Yeah. Remember you told me you fucked hard? I mean, I, I do remember <laughs> you saying that. I, I did claim that, yes. Yeah. But you've yeah, never made anybody got, puke. Like Gary did. No, no. no. <laughs> what is <Yeah>. that? <laughs> See, I, I think Gary, I think the girl puke Smell Gary's ass. yeah steve told me he was a pounder a pounder when he's with a woman and uh you don't play guitar like that and make love howard so that's right no he pounds
2: (laughs)
4: yeah hey i just want to be clear just to give you the
0: picture i was behind her so right. I was doing it so hard that she fucking yakked right on the wall.
1: Yeah, but you don't think the smell of your ass was in the air? I mean, just she sure was you were as behind far her. away from my ass as she could have humanly been. Yeah, but let's say it smelled. I mean, that would that would waft through the room. I wouldn't just well, let's say it her her for the ass. purposes of this joke, but it wasn't true. Oh no, I wasn't there. Gary, if the dog shits in the room, you'll smell it. You yeah, know what I mean? That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Gary's saying he didn't take a shit.
1: Exactly. I didn't take a Well, shot. he might have I shit the day before. Could have been crusty I'm a human, not an animal. Yeah. All right, well, oh. anyway, Steve, um, nice uh, job recreating Eddie Van Halen's guitar and uh, the power drill. I mean, I got to say, it does seem to look exactly like what Eddie was playing on those uh, videos look at that there it is thank you yeah. you did that all this awesome
0: is, weekend you know uh, what's well most it's actually five months in the in the making but i uh yeah. got it together this weekend
2: i see but it's actually you know can you imagine this group you always wanted to be in a group of guys his yeah. group of guys all build these things
1: that's right that's uh, <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> i don't know it's so cool. like they him. must
2: be the coolest dudes
1: if I could play like him, I might build an Eddie Van Halen guitar. I don't know. That's pretty maybe cool. you would just
2: play guitar.
1: <laughs> right. All right. Anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks for the Underdog Report, and thanks for the um, uh, Eddie Van Halen tribute there from Steve Nowicki. We did that for Bobo. When we come back, I'll be talking to Wolfgang Van Halen, who uh, maybe we can uh, sit and remember his daddy. Also, has some new music he's going to premiere right here. Uh, we'll be back right after these words. Little all the young dudes for you from Matta Hoople. I was just watching a video of David Bowie doing this. You know, of course he wrote it. It was so good.
2: Dude, with that
1: band that played at our birthday show. You know when Bowie was with that um, woman bass player and, uh, I don't know, like three other people in there and they just sounded real tight. It was really good. Another guy. You gotta miss David Bowie.
2: Yep.
1: You know what? I'll play a little bit of 316. This is uh, Eddie wrote this for his son. This is uh, Wolfie's birthday. 316. March 16th. Beautiful. My father wrote no songs when I was born. This is one of my favorite. I mean, it's beautiful. Anyway, with that, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen is with us. Wolfgang being the son of Eddie and Valerie and take a walk down memory lane and talk to him about his dad. There you are, Wolfie. Good to see you. Can you see me? A little technical difficulty. I can't get Wolfie's audio. Hold on. We'll be there. While we're listening to it. Wolfie, you
2: there? Yeah,
1: I'm here. Ah, got you now, got you now. Good to see you yeah,
2: hi, Ron. I, Hey there. It's good to see you
1: What room are you in? you got uh a lot of gear? yeah, it's my studio. Oh, uh, this is your studio. studio now did you did, did, did you still live in Eddie's house when uh oh, you yeah. haven't lived there in a while
4: oh yeah man i'm twenty nine I'm on my own,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. you guys were so tight that I always think, yeah. oh man, you must my have like, all, like all... over
4: there but you know
1: yeah like like, yeah at 29 you got to get your own place <laughs> yeah yeah and and so you built the studio is it similar to i know your dad had this legendary studio at the house and uh did you did you kind of have that in mind when you built the studio
4: oh no it's just an extra bedroom that i just threw a bunch of soundproofing on and it's just got my computer and like yeah. you know, i like got a v drum kit right there and just some amps and stuff And are you to doing? be doing you know demos
1: it's been about uh, a month since the shocking news of your, your father's death. I know he was ill for a while, but it still was shocking. The the idea oh, yeah, of the no, world.
4: I'm awful. <laughs> it's You're terrible. Awful. Yeah. 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 Uh, every day, man. Uh, some days are better than others, but overall, it's like, you know, I think the pain is still there always, but you just kind of figure out how to carry it a better, a bit better as time goes on, but it's you always going to
1: that- you think that you and your dad had such a close relationship because you had that musical bond. Like if you had been someone who was not interested in music, you know, it, I mean, you could speak your father's language. And yeah, I mean,
4: that's the gift and the curse of it. Uh, you know, is that, you know, we had such a close connection. Um, and now for the rest of my life, uh, there's no way I'll never be able to think about him no matter what I do. Um, which is good, but it also, it hurts a lot.
1: Yeah. Like when you hear a song like Three Sixteen, which was written for you on your birth, which is unbelievable. And it's a great song. Like you can't listen to that song and not break down and cry because it's so beautiful. And that was your father's joy on your birth. I mean, your father, when he seemed to be so joyous at the idea of having a son and not every father is like that. (laughs) I can, I can tell you sometimes you, you meet people and you're like, I don't even know why they had kids. But your father was <laughs> truly joyous about you being on the planet, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, really. And, and, you know, it's remarkable, too, to me that that he even wanted to work with you. It's just such a loving thing. It was such a loving relationship yeah. that the two of you had. And, and what a special thing, you know, to, to play with him. You know, one of the things I read was that he was the worst guitar teacher. You said to him, I don't know how old you were, but you were very young when you wanted to learn how to play guitar. And you said to your father, "Dad, uh, you know, I want to learn how to play guitar." You said within two seconds, he's playing like Eddie Van Halen. He's not. Playing.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's
4: it's you know, I'll, I'll ask him how to play something, and then he just proceeds to be Eddie Van Halen, and that's a very uh, tough bar to reach as a beginner. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, he's like, "Well, do this," and it's like, "Fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> you do that. you're Eddie Van do that. Halen." How the hell do I do
1: that? I don't even know what the strings are called yet. You know, I don't even know where the (laughs) E string is. What You know, how can can I play like that? It's so so true because guys who are musical geniuses do not remember what it's like to be a beginner. They are the worst teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And dad was certainly one of them. Did you, did you teach yourself how to play guitar? You couldn't go to him. I mean, so where did you go?
4: It's funny, you know, I'm sure everybody in the world is like, oh, well, his dad had to teach him everything, you know? Right. but really he just kind of like he never forced it on me the the one thing that he ever did to teach me something was uh he took some magazines and put them on the table and he's like with this one go and then with this other one go because we were both in a uh, he would uh show me acdc a lot and he was like teaching me how to play a drum beat for highway to hell and he's like if you can do this, and then put your foot in the middle of the snare hit, boom ba boom ba, um, and I did it, and he was like, "Yes, he, he can do it." And he bought me a drum kit that year. <laughs> that was the first thing I learned at ten years old.
1: You know, it's weird. It's it's rare for fathers not to be jealous of their sons, of their youth, and all of that. For him to be generous and to teach you the the drum riff, ACDC. DC. He, he he was a generous guy that way. He wasn't hoarding his knowledge or like, hey, fuck you. I don't want you more famous than me or anything no, he, like he, that. Sure. He couldn't wait. He couldn't, he couldn't wait. wait. Yeah. And it must have been genuinely exciting for him when you showed some musical aptitude.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, I know uh, uh the second he he saw me like tap my foot to like music, he was just like, "Fuck, yeah. He's going to be a musician."
1: You know? Yeah, he I had was, always read that. that. I always read that Eddie um would play the guitar. To your mom's belly when you were in utero when you were literally inside your mom
4: yeah and it was just <laughs> just I, I was hearing music before i was born you know it was just a part of me
1: i'm always fascinated by people who you know grow up with a famous parent in your case two famous parents you know i, I think it is you know i talk to my own kids about this all the time i got three daughters <laughs> and they and one of my daughters is very obsessed With talking to other kids obsessed in a good way talking to other kids who grew up in famous households and stuff because she she's genuinely interested in the experience and i told her i said i'm going to talk to wolfgang van halen and she goes oh gosh yeah i wonder what his feeling was about being a musician and then growing up in a household with eddie van halen and your uncle is uh, alex and then coming into the whole van halen thing i mean I imagine the pressure was tremendous. Like, yeah, wonderful to play with them. But in front of the whole world that are Van Halen obsessed, the criticism and the, the negativity had to be just fucking unbearable. Oh, I, I'm
4: no stranger to that, uh, especially this this day and age. Um, but yeah, you know, it was never what I was focused on uh, when I joined the band. It was really just to be there for Dad because he would have been there either way. Mm -hmm. Or any other way, uh, if I wasn't there to kind of keep him going.
1: Um, How are you so mentally strong to take that kind of criticism? How are you uh, when you stand? You know, because the trolls can be. You know, uh, thirteen, fourteen years at this point, you just it it
4: just kind (laughs) of rubs you raw at a certain point, and you just like you've just kind of it rolls off your back at some point. It used to hurt me a lot like it was really difficult um but now i just kind of let it roll off my back or (laughs) the fun thing to do is i make jokes you know like if somebody tweets me some heinous shit i just kind of it's almost like a puzzle it's fun to try and make a joke and throw it back at him and then but then you get all these people who are like don't let it affect you you know it's this you know but it's it's not (laughs) i'm just having fun with it at at this point i found a way to 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 deal with it my own way
1: I got to tell you, I cannot deal. I do not read any social media. It would affect my performance on the radio. As soon as I get something where someone goes, you know, it sucked today when you did this. I get affected by it. Wolfgang, I get like, fuck, Uh, you know, I can't do that anymore. This guy knows more than I do. You know, I I do. I take it in. And it is so destructive to me that years ago I swore it off. And, uh, you know, especially when your father dies. And then there's this whirlwind of like, um, I know Us Magazine put your mom on the cover. She didn't even do an interview with them, and I know you were very critical of it.
4: Yeah,
2: I, I get
1: that. It was bullshit. It was a bullshit story. There's
4: there's so much shit out there. There's this this CBD oil scan uh, scan from China. Uh, luckily for right now, we we shut it down. Uh, our amazing attorney like just demolished them, which was really great. Um, but. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fucked up people out there.
1: <laughs> really, you know, I like- saw that. I was on Facebook, and I saw that that Eddie Van Halen's gift to the world before he died was CBD oil. I read that,
4: and and that's it. He's not pushing CBD oil. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid! It's crazy.
1: It's so it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, being a young guy like you and growing up in the spotlight. And with, with, with the death of your father and then someone goes on social media and says some shit to you. I mean,
2: I mean, that says more be, about that, you know? Yeah.
1: You gotta be just a fucked up human being to, it's sad. to, it's yeah, sad. it really is sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy.
4: On the other night that I, I like retweeted and I was like, I don't even have a joke. Just look at how lame this dude is.
1: <laughs> right. It's like, so where, where are you at now? I mean, it, you lost your father and you, you know, I'm sure you're just, your whole world is upside down and with COVID you have to be isolated. Are you seeing anyone at home or are you I'm, just, I'm
4: normally an introvert. So, um, it, the COVID effect of, of being by myself all the time isn't, isn't too bad. Um, but I do have like my, my close people I rely on who I can still see, you know, my, my uncle Patrick, my mom, um, and my girlfriend, Andrea, um, have probably been the three pillars keeping me up, you know. Because uh, if I if I didn't have them, I would gosh, I wouldn't get out of bed.
1: And and you know, it's it's weird, you know. I, when I think about your dad, there was a period in my life, uh, I guess, like in the early two thousands, when your dad was first diagnosed with cancer. Um, he used to call me a lot at home and uh we would have very long conversations this was a small period of time it didn't go on for a long time and i was kind of like blown out that eddie van Allen was calling me i was like whoa this is you know this guy's my hero i mean i love this band so much uh and you know he he always said to me about this whole idea that his pick caused the cancer he felt because yeah. he he had this metal pick in his mouth that because of all the electromagnetism in the room, that, that it actually caused his cancer. And I remember saying to him on the phone, I go, Eddie, I don't mean to be a buzzkill here, but don't you think smoking cigarettes is really way more detrimental? And he said, no, it wasn't the cigarette. He was convinced of this. Did people, you ever get into Yeah.
4: People love to give him shit about that. Um, but I, I will say um, it's misattributed um, to throat cancer. And that's not true. Um, I I do call me stupid, but I I do believe that the, for the tongue cancer he got then, it's certainly feasible uh, because he would hold that pick in the same spot all the time, and that's the exact area that he got the squamous cell carcinoma um, in his tongue that he had to get cut out. So that is way more possible that I I I could certainly believe. But when uh, <sighs> you know, when it's reported, it's always attributed to, to, to throat cancer. And then everybody just, instead of going, Oh shit, his cancer's back. People are just going, what an idiot. You know, he thinks he got throat cancer from a pick and it just, it totally derails the whole
1: folks. Yeah, I know. I mean, he probably got annoyed with me because I used to say to him, Eddie, stop smoking. You know, (laughs) I I was like lecturing him like a parent, but I, I felt protective of the guy. I really did. I was like, just do me a favor, okay? The pit caused it, but don't smoke anymore. I don't want to mm-hmm. lose you. You know, the yeah. guy was such a treasure. You know, um, I was thinking about your life specifically with music and everything else, and I imagine it was like maybe a charm childhood, but maybe not. Also, I mean, so much scrutiny when you would go to school when you were a young kid, and you and you and you, you know, your school age. Were you mistrustful of other kids? Did you did you sense in them you know being being so famous and being part of a famous family? How do you know who really loves you and who wants to hang with you? And 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 how do you discern between people who are just trying to use you?
4: I don't know. It, it was never really on my mind. Um, you know, luckily I made my friends super early, and you know, people I I, I were friends with in kindergarten. I'm still friends with, friends with to this day. Um, really, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um I went to the same school except for 11th grade when I was on tour in 2007. But I went right. back for senior year. And if anything, I was even more of a dork than I was when I came back. You know, I'd be walking through the hallway and people would be like, hey, look, it's the bass player for Van Halen. And it's like <laughs> it should be cool, but it's not for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, I was always a dork, I guess.
1: So, so there's so much up in the air, but I, I'm just wondering about the, the last couple of months, did you get to spend time with your father or were you just busy with your own life and, and no, really couldn't no. spend, you got my to spend life, time with him?
4: I, I was with him every step of the way. Um, every second I could, you know, there were moments, gosh. Um, I mean, with my own project that I'm working on, um, we were, I was rehearsing in 2018 at the end of 2018. Uh, but things happen and it's like, You know, do I want to go out on tour for an 18 month cycle or do I want to be with my dad? And I think I made the right choice. You know, right? it it, it was tough again, bringing in the, the assholes on social media. It's like people have no fucking idea what anyone is going through at any time. And people giving me shit because it's taken so long to put my album out. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, come on. And it's like, if you had any idea and you guys would feel like shit.
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't get why the world is so angry about, you know, somebody's just lost their father. Your father's been ill for a long time, you know. It's interesting. I um, I reached out to Sammy Hagar when your dad died, and he said, I'm in no condition to talk. But he did give us a statement to read. And, and the statement was um, that that he had been talking to your dad. And people were generally surprised by this, they that he had been talking to your dad toward the end. They'd been texting one another, et cetera. And they were on very friendly terms. And I was really happy to hear that because I, you know, I think Sammy's a great guy and I, and I, and I do think Sammy is so super talented. And the idea that they had a, um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it a love fest. Reconciliation toward the end. That that's a nice thing. And and that was accurate, I guess.
4: Yeah, no, they were talking, texting a couple months back and forth. It was, it was nice. It's really nice. Happy to see that.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm imagining your life growing up, too. The musicians you must have been exposed to. Because when, when you would hang with your father in his studio as a young man, I'm talking about when you were a kid. <laughs> I mean, every great musician must have come through there. I bet you everybody wanted to come and just sit at the feet of uh, your, da- your dad.
4: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I guess I wasn't around too much for that, you know, because I was just a kid. You know, my mom did a fantastic job of of giving me a grounded childhood i guess that's why i never really you know the fame of my parents have never really been in my you know at the forefront of of my thoughts or my mind growing up so i think she did a really wonderful job of kind of maintaining a stable normal childhood because I, you know i don't really have any outstanding memories of of like crazy famous people coming to the house really really yeah it was just. Wow. The, I mean, I I have memories of like maybe sitting on Al's kit, you know, and maybe sitting on the floor watching everybody play, you know. But uh, other than that,
1: not really. Do you think it's dangerous for a kid like you who's growing up with these famous parents when you would go to a Van Halen show, see your father out on stage? I mean, it it, it it's overwhelming because he was so gifted. He was like Mozart, you know. He he the guy had a command of that stage and the guitar. I've seen many shows of his. Is it? detrimental to see your father like that in the sense that, oh my God, my father's untouchable. He's a God. Or, or is it healthy for them to bring you to a show and see all of that?
4: No, it's, it's a wonderful experience to get to see him in his element, you know, and see him thriving. It's fantastic. You know, and even from a really young age, I would, I would, my mom would be holding me. I'd be just like hitting her to get off so I can run on stage. And there's, there's plenty of videos of me, like
1: (laughs) four years old, running up to him. And it's like, why is there a kid on stage right now? (laughs) But did anyone ever say to you, don't go into music? You don't want to do that. Your uncle's a great musician. Your father's a great musician. What do you want to compete in that world? Was there, was there any discussion like that? Like, just don't do it. It's too much. It
4: was never about competing. It was almost like, it was always welcoming with open arms. It was like, if you want to do this, you should do it. You know, my parents were always like, you know, you can do whatever you put your mind to. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was never a a scary thing. It just kind of happened.
1: Were you always into rock music? I imagine being, you know, in that family. And all of a sudden you're like into, um, I don't know, um, uh, let's say, uh, um, I don't know, who, who's somebody who would, you would not like. I don't know who you were listening to as a kid, but with your father have walked room? What the fuck is that shit you're listening to? <laughs> uh, you know what well, I mean? I, you know, I like, was if like, you're great. listening to Debbie Gibson or something, which is sort of the opposite of Van Halen, I would imagine. It I was like, be- in
2: like
4: kindergarten and first grade. It's like everybody was listening to like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. And sure. I listened <laughs> to that too. I remember <laughs> my parents took me to a Britney Spears concert just because I was like, oh, you know, you're a little kid. You got a crush on her. And uh we sat down and all of a sudden two girls from my class sat next to us and I was like, Oh fuck, this is really I look like a total loser right now. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean other than that, it's like my dad introduced A C D C to me early, early on. So that was like our, our band, uh power dad, album especially. You,
1: we would just you, jam that all the time. Your dad went to a Britney Spears concert though with you just to,
2: Oh yeah. To,
1: wow. <laughs> oh yeah. did he like it? I don't do not remember.
4: I was probably
1: eight <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah. So, so the decision to play the bass, you know, like all Van Halen's, for some reason you're able to, you're, I'm going to talk to you about your new music and I, and this song that you wrote for your father, I want to play because huh? I watched this, I watched the video with the song. I think it's beautiful. I think people will be very moved by this. Thank you. Um, and you were writing it as your father was dying. Because you were imagining what would it be like to be without my father. It's deeply personal.
4: Um, I was initially going to be holding that song for later time. You know, when when I started, I don't. We don't have to get into the whole recording process of the album yet. But you know, I recorded a a bunch of a a bunch of songs, and I have the stuff I want to use for for the album. Um, But there's like a bunch of other ideas that are kind of just waiting there to be finished. And distance was one of those. And when this happened, it was like, let's finish it. And let's have that be the first song out and put it, put it out for dad.
1: Yeah. I love the song. And I was so glad I loved it because I've never heard anything from you solo. And I went, Oh, Wolfgang's coming on. And what if the song blows, you know, and it doesn't move me well. I put it on. I watched it 10 times. First of all, um, I'm hoping people will see the video too, because you, have these great home, uh, I want to say home videos, of you and your dad. When you're sitting at the piano on your dad's lap and he's playing the piano, I fucking lost it. It is so beautiful. It's what yeah, every son thing. wants. The, Sorry, what?
4: the song is one thing, but it's very important to watch the video with it. Um, you know, um, but yeah, it's funny that you mentioned, like, what if it sucked? Uh, yeah. my dad and I would joke around, like even as recently as a couple months ago, he, he'd be like, "Hey, pop, wouldn't like what would you do if all oh, my music really sucked? Like if you hated it? Like what would you have? What would you do? Wouldn't that suck?" <laughs> and what he, he said. Laugh, And he, he would laugh and he and he said, "Impossible."
2: Aww.
1: No, he was really proud no, of know. you He 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 every every chance he got, he was saying, "This kid's a motherfucker. He can play every. You know, you play drums, right? You started with drums. Hard yeah." Um, move to yeah, guitar.
2: About,
4: I'm sure plenty of Van Halen fans are like, shut up about your kid already, man. Just play the guitar.
1: Yeah. Now, this song, Distance, I want to play some of it. Wolfgang plays every instrument, sings every note. And, um, and you say you played, you got to play this for your father. He got to hear it before.
4: Yeah. Yeah. He, he heard the idea. Uh, I played it for him and everything. Uh, just me and him. And we, we cried. It was hard to sing and play it, <laughs> play it through. But mm. yeah, he, he, he heard all the music. You know, even the ideas that weren't 100% finished yet.
1: Did, did he understand that this was a song? You, you, he, I guess he accepted the reality that he was dying. Um, I, I don't
4: think, uh, I, I don't know if he 100%, got, you know, we never really talked about that. Um, I think overall it was just kind of a song about loss. Um, I don't think it really connected with him that it, will, that it was about him.
1: Uh, but he loved the song anyways. And you didn't have the heart to tell him that it was about him? You didn't want to bum him out?
4: Not really. You know, uh, it's just ideas that were floating around in my head and it's, you know, uh, writing music is a really great way of kind of getting those emotions out so they don't, you know, sit in your head forever. Um, and it was nice to get those feelings kind of realized.
1: Let me play a little of distance for you. This is uh Wolfgang's, uh, tribute to his father. And, um, again, Wait, is this going to be released today so that people can see the video as well
4: yeah you know uh, the video is actually already being posted by people who somehow got the unlisted link you know we were planning okay. on putting the video out when whenever you decided to play it or anything um but yeah people are, are already it's somehow it's already up
1: good out there. because uh here's the song but uh as wolfgang says listen to uh not only listen to it but but the video is just stunning. It's all of these home videos of Eddie with Wolfie and their relationship. And it's very, very powerful. song what a tribute to your father beautiful and as i said the video is incredibly moving
2: i'm all choked up just listening to the song
1: yeah it's beautiful really you did a great job i mean yeah
2: and a van halen who can sing you have a great voice
1: i don't think we've ever had one who could sing
2: (laughs) (laughs) the first one i guess no
4: my dad could sing
1: yeah your dad dad. could sing your dad would do like backup vocals and stuff Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah, I'm glad you got to play that for him. And and you know, I guess the the obvious question is that um, when you when you record something like that, and then you sit down and play it for you know a guy like Eddie Van Halen, removing the fact that he's your father, I can't imagine the pressure when you play something for him. It must be just insane.
4: Initially, I was really worried to show him my music because it's like what if he didn't like it? Um, but no, he couldn't be happier. He all the time, it was like. Best album of all time. My favorite. He was so proud. You know, he, he, would, he, would, he would listen to it and he'd just cry out of happiness.
1: Wolfie, well, you said you're, you're prepared for a wave of hate. Your initial reaction is, I'm going to put out this music and this wave of hate is going to come. And you, you've often said, I'm not trying to be my father. I'm just trying to be myself. I'm trying to find my own way. And I mean, I remember I, you know, like I interviewed Paul McCartney. His son is a musician. Uh, Billy Joel's daughter. As a musician. Um, you know, it's fascinating. It's almost like I i think you guys ought to just form a support group for like, I mean, I remember James Taylor and Carly Simon's kids are musicians. And it's got to be brutal because here's your, you know, you should be excited about putting out this new music and yet you're prepared for a wave of hate. Yeah, it's got to yeah, feel yeah, awful. Definitely.
4: <laughs> People are, are, are very mean, but I mean, you get used to it. You just kind of let it roll off the back.
1: Is that why you're an introvert, you think? Because people have been me?
4: I've always been an introvert, but I I, I guess it, it certainly didn't help
1: <laughs> all the hatred. Is that where you're happiest in that room alone with all those instruments and doing every, every instrument on a record? Is that where you're most at exactly. peace?
4: Yeah. Some of my favorite times.
1: What's in that room? I see a bunch of guitars. You've got yeah, to have uh, everything I, down there. What do you got? I brought,
4: the, I brought this one out. For you, because I thought you you might like it. Um, this is this is the first guitar of my dad's that he gave me, um, and a lot of Van Halen fans will will know that uh, he in the in the Panama video he he plays he has he has two Kramer guitars. This is a Kramer, um, one that has 1984 written at the bottom, and one has 5150. This was the backup to the 5150, uh, the 5150 model or you know version was the one he plays in the panama video and i think he plays it in the uh in live without a net um and for my birthday for, for christmas when i was really young he gave he like legally gave it not that i was going to steal it but like like he he gave it to me you know as a as a gift um and this was the first thing he gave me um, yeah you
1: know i have a uh, wolfgang guitar that your father signed mm-hmm. to me i have it hanging in my house and uh man, I cherish that i'm you know he wrote he wrote he wrote some great things on it too. He just scribbled all yeah, over I the saw, guitar. I saw
4: you did when, when when everything happened it was really cool to, to see the guitar i actually i hadn't seen this until um I opened the case, but he gave me a card with it, and he, he was really proud of, of the of the joke it's a playboy card, but when ah. he said it, he was like Playboy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Play boy. Playboy, um, and he uh, was really, like, "See, this is that's what he wrote." He was really proud of like the three D effect he did with the two. Yeah. Merry Christmas, you know, gave um, me a
1: Playboy card.
4: Yeah, and I it was really emotional. I I completely forgot about it until I opened the case and saw it. It's been years since I saw this, but he you know, I just remember him saying Playboy.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: What was it like for you when um, you know? One of the first songs that I heard that you uh, played with your uncle and your father was Panama.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not a guitar player. I imagine that's a very difficult song to play. Am I correct?
4: Uh, On on bass, it's really just about keeping the rhythm and keeping the low end. You know, I'm I'm sure everything dad does is, is complicated, but with the bass, it's more about locking in with the drums and just having a good time.
1: Yeah. I never understand that, that the drummer and the bass player are kind of keyed into each other because they're doing the, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't I, I don't understand music. I'm just uh, appreciative of it. So, so dad can can fly. And, and what was it like when you played Panama with them? Was it an audition in a sense? Was it to see if you had the goods? No, actually, the,
4: the very first song we ever did, like in the studio privately, was uh, On Fire uh, from the first album, Van Halen One. And it just I think. Because it was so effortless Is what made us go Oh shit there's something here <laughs> You know um, It was kind of It was so easy and so fun That that night I went home Like we were just playing around um, And I went home and I made a playlist of like Hey here's some songs maybe we can play Tomorrow or the next day I remember I named it Van Halen Trio Jams And uh, just went through a bunch of different songs I learned a bunch of them And then went over the next day and we just started playing. And for months, we just jammed together with with no goal in mind. It was just, this is fun. Uh, Then it reached a point where it was like, this is really fun. And this could go somewhere. And that's when I brought up the idea of maybe contacting uh, Roth I I know uh, dad said in an interview one time that I was the one who called Roth and nobody fucking believed him Uh, (laughs) that was true (laughs) I called his I called his manager and I had I had a paper written out and I'm just 14 years old hi can David Lee Roth come out to play please (laughs) you know (laughs) and sure enough that December he came by he gave us a bunch of fucking funny hats it was really funny it was it was fun and then we just played on fire and it was like fuck
1: this is really good
4: and was was
1: david skeptical that uh g you know eddie's kid is joining the band was he i'm um, sure yeah
4: that's the new york reaction i mean anybody
1: would have a cynical response
4: to that but i mean we did it so i guess he was
1: okay with it Did you? So, so you were 14 when you started like rehearsals with David Lee Roth.
4: 14? I think I was was 16 by the time we were out, but you know, we were playing a pound in 2005, and then we were out. What first show was in September
1: of 07, I think. Were you intimidated to to, what's it like the first time you take the stage and there's you know, thousands of screaming people? I mean, it's got to be intimidating.
4: At a certain point, there's no relative. Like, you kind of lose sight after the first few rows when there's just that many people that you just kind of get locked within yourself and just focus on the performance.
1: What about the actual singing with David? You you have to harmonize with him. You were taking over all those harmonies. Does that take months and months of practice to get that all down, or or is it come pretty effortlessly?
4: I had a vocal coach, but it it came pretty effortlessly because I have a a higher voice. I mean, listening to distance, I I don't have that low of a voice. Um, But yeah, it it was it 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 wasn't too much of a struggle.
1: I got to tell you, when I was a a young guy starting out, I was a disc jockey in Detroit. I ended up on the same floor with Van Halen, (laughs) David Lee Roth years.
2: It was insanity. It would i never you know, I'm.